Amen. You got a Bible, say yes. And uh, Psalm 119 in your scriptures today. If you're a guest of ours, we've been going verse by verse through this longest chapter of the Bible and had a great, great time. Hashtag never empty is the title of the series. And what's neat about this is our student ministry actually made a decision without me knowing it that they were going to use Psalm 119 this weekend as their theme verses. And they didn't know I was teaching Psalm 119. I didn't know they were. So we just chalked that up to the Lord knew what was going on. Can I get a witness on that? And so we were so encouraged by that. You know, the theme uh, throughout the entire Disciple Now weekend has been hide and seek. And so what they have said is if they want to hear God speak, they must hide and seek. And that's the same thing that the psalmist did. He had a desire to walk with the Lord, to hear from God. And as you read through Psalm 119, you find a man who is a young man, absolutely, totally, wholeheartedly in love with the Lord God. And he seeks God's word on a daily basis, always hiding, always seeking the Lord. And their challenge, the students this weekend, has really been to develop a method to study the scripture. And so they've used uh, this concept of reaping the word of God. And uh, the REAP is an acrostic. So let me just give it to you very quickly. The R stands for read. So you spend time reading the word. The E is examine. So you examine the word of God. You study it. And then the A is apply the word of God to your life. And then the P is that you would pray the scripture into your heart. And so even if you're an adult, that is an awesome method that you can take to help you stay focused as you increase your devotion to the Word of God. So this morning, we're going to see what happens whenever we do spend time in God's Word, what we actually reap as a result of spending time with the Lord. We're going to see that directly from the psalmist's life. So stand with me, if you will. Psalm 119, beginning in verse 97. And you've got it there with you. Say yes. Notice the Bible. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed your precepts. I've restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I've not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn, and I will confirm it, that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I'm exceedingly afflicted. afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Oh, accept the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have gone, not gone astray from your precepts. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. I hate those who are, who are double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. Sustain me according to your word, that I may live... And do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. You've rejected all those who wander from your statutes, for their deceitfulness is useless. You have removed all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I'm afraid of your judgments. Let's bow together. Father, uh, take your word. Help us to reap the truth from it and apply it to our life. God, I thank you for those who have 
experienced a life change this weekend, and we trust that you'll use your word to do that in our hearts even this morning. So fill me with the Holy Spirit, give me clarity of mind and strength and stamina to accomplish the task at hand, preaching your word. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray, and everybody said amen. So you guys can be seated. Really, there are three major things that we can reap from the word of God. So let me give those to you in three statements, and here goes the very first one. We actually reap the ability to hear through all of the noise. Whenever you are spending time in God's word, you reap the ability to hear through all of the noise. Look at verse 97 again in your Bible. He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all of the day. Now notice the word love. It speaks of an internal desire. The psalmist has this internal desire for the word of the Lord. He says he meditates it on, on it day, all day. And what's unique here is the word meditation is a compound word in the Hebrew language. It literally is two words stuck together. One of those words means to speak in a low murmur. And then the second word means to be occupied, in this case, with the word. So think about it like this. Whenever you spend time in the word of God, you are being challenged now to actually memorize the scripture. And as you're alone with the Lord, you will, in a low murmur, recite those particular verses. And as you are doing that, your mind is becoming preoccupied with what God has to say. So you can think about it like this. Uh, your mind is like a workshop that the Word of God should clock in to every single day. And then as your mind is focused on the Word of God and you're hearing from heaven through the Scripture, then you begin to verbally speak the Word of God and that gives you the grace necessary to walk with the Lord on a daily basis. So you and I, according to the scripture, ought to be like the psalmist. We should have this internal desire, this love for the word. And what happens is whenever you are involved in the word of God, it gives you the ability to push out all of the noise. Now some people are like, well, what is the noise? Look at verse 98. He describes some of the noise here. He says, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever mine. So you will remember the psalmist is an individual undergoing great affliction. He has enemies and they are attacking him verbally. I believe it's satanically charged. And so the enemy is after him verbally. But the Bible says that as he spends time in the word of God, it actually makes him wiser than the words or the noise that are coming against him. It gives the imagery that he has the ability because of God's word to actually, listen to this, outwit his enemies. Now you and I this morning as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ have three major enemies in our life. And one of those enemies obviously is the devil. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking someone that he may devour. And then the Bible also says that we have an enemy in this world, not the globe, but the world system, the way of thinking and living, the current culture that pushes against the truth of God's word and seeks to establish its own. So that is an enemy to you and I as followers of Jesus. So we not only have the devil in the world, but also your flesh. That is your carnality, your old way of thinking and living before you came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter says in the New Testament that your flesh is waging a military assault against your soul. Now here's how the enemy works, all right? The devil uses the world system to attract your desires and the lust of your flesh. So you and I are, listen, always in a battle and we are always facing enemies and the noise is always crowding in around us. But according to this scripture, if you spend time in the word of God, 
God will not only speak to you, but he will actually give you the ability to block out the noise from your enemies. And then check this out, because it's this awesome. The idea here of being wiser than your enemies means that you can outwit them. Are y'all listening? Say yes, because I'm about to go preachery on you. Listen, this is awesome. When you spend time in the Word of God and you take the Scripture into your life, check this out, God will give you wisdom to outwit even the devil. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Can I get a witness all up in here? Y'all need to get with the preacher, man. Help a brother out, you know what I'm saying? Look at verse 99. There's some more noise out there. He says, I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Insight means he has the ability to see and understand the future. Not see the future like a fortune teller, but he has the ability to see what will occur in the days ahead. So you think about it like this. The Word of God actually leads you to have more insight than your teachers. Now, I always thought I was smarter than my high school teachers. Are y'all listening? And now I've got a verse to back it up. Amen. But really, this isn't speaking about teachers in a classroom. This is the imagery of those who are coming to the psalmist in the midst of his affliction, and they are trying to tell him what he should do. Reminds me of Job's friends. You remember Job in the Old Testament underwent great affliction, and the Bible says that his friends came to him and began to try to teach him about affliction, tell him why he was afflicted. And the mantra of the friends was more or less, the reason you have all of this affliction in your life is because you have so much sin. You need to repent. And really and truly, as he got alone with the Word, he found out that he was actually given more insight than his teachers. And the same is true for you and I. When we face affliction, there's always noise, whether it be verbal or a physical misery or satanic attack. There's always this clutter of ideas, always people trying to stand up and teach us and show us what we should do or what we should say or how we should react. Well, listen, God's Word is the standard by which you measure every single thing that is taught to you in life. Whether it's your friend, uh, whether it's even someone here in the church, you measure it up to the Word of God. If it's from the Lord, receive it. If it's not, reject it. God's Word gives you more insight even than the teachers. Now look at verse 100. He says, I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. Anybody up in here want to say, I feel like one of the aged? Are y'all listening? Just slip a hand up. If you can't, your neighbor will help you. I know you're aged. This text is not talking simply about those who are older in age from a numerical standpoint, but he's literally highlighting the fact that there are some who are aged but not walking in accordance with the Scripture. And so the psalmist, who is a young man, is saying, whenever I spend time in God's Word, I actually have more wisdom and more understanding, more ability to distinguish that which is right and wrong, that which is true and false, even than the aged. And so God's Word, again, it gives him the ability to push out Listen, that which is uh, not true. And I love this. You know, the psalmist is a young man. He says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Here, he identifies others as aged, reminding us that he indeed is a young man as well. Which reminds me, whenever I study the scripture about those who were young who heard from God. One of those was uh, given a crown of Israel at the age of eight. His name was Joash. 
And it's awesome here what Joash did. The Bible says that Joash heard the word of the Lord. He reinstituted it right there in Israel. And then the scripture says he did right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehodia the priest. So here was a very young man who was hearing from God. Now, I want you to listen to me, all right? Listen closely. It doesn't matter how old you are, God can talk to you. God has a unique ability even to speak to the youngest of children. Now, I'm encouraged by that. Look at 101. He says, I've restrained my feet from every evil way, that I will keep your word. The idea here of restraining your feet means you put your feet in jail. So the psalmist is saying, I am so tempted to step outside of the truth that I'm putting my feet in jail so I don't step off of the path. 102, I've not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. And this is the idea that the psalmist had not abandoned the truth of Scripture. What a strong statement that is. Regardless of the affliction, regardless of what everybody is saying, the psalmist says, I will not turn away from your word. And really, that should be a challenge to you, especially those of you who are in the midst of affliction and the enemy is encouraging you to doubt and to give up. Do not turn from the word. Look at verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The idea there of sweet uh, literally is translated slippery. So the idea is that God's word is slippery. All right? It will slide down into your soul. What is unique here, too, is he says, I like it better than honey. Now, when you and I think of honey, it's not that big of a deal. We can buy that in the store. But honey was a commodity back in these days. That was the sweetest thing you could get a hold of. And what the psalmist is saying is this. I would rather get a hold of your word than that which is considered a value even in our current culture. We love the word. And as he got into the word of God, gave him the ability to hear through the noise. Now, this morning I got a few things with me today. One of those things is some earphones. These are Krista's running earphones, which always confuse me about how to put them on. But here we go. We got them on. Uh, you know, everybody in here spiritually is wearing a set of headphones. And you're making a decision on who you are listening to and who is actually speaking into your life. Now, if you think about it like this, and I got a few of these from the house here. Uh, one from uh, Maddie, one from Garrison. They got little iPods, and I've got my little uh, telephone up here as well. Let me just say, you know, there are some people who are present today, and we could say that this one right here really represents the world, the world's way, way of thinking, the world's way of living. So we, we plug into that. We listen to that. What does culture say? How I should respond, how I should act, what I should do in this affliction, how I should be. So people are listening to culture. Uh, some people are listening also to uh, the flesh, and so they, they walk around, it's like, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it's, uh, if it's going to make me happy, I'm going to dive into that. That's me. And, uh, matter of fact, some people are deceived. They're like, oh, God wants me happy, so he's down with me making these decisions. So they listen to their own carnal flesh. And, and then this one here is uh, Garrison's. It represents the devil. Y'all all right with that? <laughs> But you may plug into that and actually listen to the enemy's take and be encouraged to doubt the word of God, be encouraged to disregard the scripture, be encouraged to turn away from Christ. You are listening to something this morning. The psalmist is saying, when I get up, I'm, I'm not plugging into this, right? I'm not listening to all of that noise. Instead, 
what I'm doing when I get up is I'm, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to plug right into this here, the word. Now, can you imagine this, right? When you plug into this, God speaks into your life. And when you plug into this, God gives you wisdom that helps you drown out the enemies who are attacking you. You don't have to pay attention to them. Listen to the truth. He gives you the ability to drown out those who are trying to teach you, who aren't teaching you that which is factual. Get into the Word of God. So I just ask you quite simply this morning, what are you plugged into? Are you plugged into the Word of God? Or are you plugged into something entirely different, steering you away from the Lord? See, when we get into the Word of God, we actually reap the ability to hear through the noise. Amen? Let me give you a second truth. We not only reap that, but we reap the ability to walk without staggering. Uh, to walk without staggering. Look at 105 through 106. i got to go quick here. But the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. So the idea here is that the psalmist is saying, when I get up in the morning and I spend time in the Word of God on a daily basis, this right here lights up every single step that I need to take in life. It tells me when to go, when to stop. It gives me discernment in the darkness. And you and I are actually walking in a dark culture. The Bible says that when we came to faith in Jesus, we were taken out of the darkness and placed into the light. But we are still here in a kingdom of darkness. And so what do we need? We have to have the Word of God to illuminate the steps that we need to take. And that's what God's Word does. It lights it up for us. And then verse 107, he says, I'm exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. And here again, the young psalmist has made a decision to follow the Lord, even when he faces affliction in life from others. He's trusting God's word, check this out, to give him life every single day. Verse 108, oh, accept the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. And this is an awesome thought, by the way. The free will offerings were offerings given in the Old Testament. So they were above and beyond the required offerings. Uh, they were offerings that you were just stirred in your heart. You wanted to give over to the Lord. So here's the imagery. The psalmist is saying, I'm getting in your word, and you're giving me wisdom. You're enabling me to drown out the noise. You're giving me a truth that I can walk on. And when I get into this word, I don't just want to praise you because your word says to praise you and that is a command praise the Lord he's like I want to go above and beyond that which is required I want to give you free will offerings of praise can you imagine that now y'all do know the Bible says praise the Lord can y'all just say amen if you know that praise the Lord and so that's a that's a command do it now here's the deal though, when you get into God's Word and God's Word gets into you, you don't want to just do what's required. He's like, I want to give more. Free will offerings, I can get down with those. Y'all with me on that? Look at verse 109 and 110. My life is continually in my hand. It's the idea of I'm in danger, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I've not gone astray from your precepts. Now, notice the word snare. It's actually uh, descriptive of a bird trap. Bird traps would be metal traps with teeth on them. Bird would walk into them expecting to get a little bird seed, and it would snap on their legs. They'd have chicken that night. Y'all with me? When I read it to begin with and found out what it was, I got real nervous because everybody says I got bird legs. So I was like, you better watch out, dog. Got a rough crowd. 
The psalmist is saying here that the enemy has set traps out there, and the only way that I can see them is when the word of the Lord illuminates the trap, and then it keeps me from staggering. I, I miss the trap. I walk away from it because God's word makes it clear to me. Now, when uh, Chris and I first got married, we lived in a uh, parsonage, which is a house that's uh, given to you by a, uh, by the church, right, to live in. So we lived in that parsonage, and it was an older house, and we had some rodents who hung out with us that we didn't invite. Y'all listening? And so I went to the store, and I bought a whole bunch of those little uh, mouse traps, and I set them all over the place, right, in the cupboards and everything, and then we would lay our head down and turn the lights off, and as soon as uh, we would lay down and cut out the lights, it was like people were applauding us. So y'all listening? It's like... They were everywhere. Yesterday I was at Ace Hardware and I found something much cooler than these little small mouse traps that you can normally grab a hold of. Look at this bad boy. This thing is crazy. This will catch a grown man. All right, it will. But here's the deal. The enemy has set these traps all over the place in the darkness. And the only way that you're going to be able to actually view these whenever the lights go down if you have the Word of God actually focused in on the trap. So you and I, we're walking all the time, right? And this light only gives off a little bit, but there, there's a trap. And as we begin to see the trap, and all of us are enticed by many different things, but this could be a trap of sexual immorality. And, and so you see that trap, and adult and student alike, you, you begin to say, oh, I can get real close to it, man, I get really, really close to it and just not fall. If you're not careful, man, you will step on it and you will stagger. And then as you continue to walk with the Lord and spend time in his word, it only gives enough uh, light really just to take the next step. And so you're, you're cruising along, walking with the Lord Jesus, and God by his grace gives the, oh, there's, there's another trap. I bet you didn't see that one. There it is, right there. And this could very well be a trap of Apathy, you know, somebody's like, you know, I really should increase my devotion to the Word of God, but I'm just so tired. I got so much going on, you know. Don't you know how much I'm working? Don't you know how many kids I got playing ball? Don't you know how involved I am in all of these particular extracurricular activities? And man, I just have to put that to the side right now. I can't focus in on that. And you step into that trap and you begin to stagger and become apathetic. And some people will see the trap as just pride, as comparison. So in comparison, you go either way. Pride shows up in self-pity or in braggadocious lifestyle living. And so you compare yourself to others and you get down on yourself. And so what do you do? You're like, I'm a nobody, man. Nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. I'm no good, et cetera, et cetera. And you beat yourself up. That's a trap. That's your pride talking. Some people, they're like, man, I got to have some more stuff. I got to have the latest gear. Got to have the latest vacation. Got to have the latest house. Got to have the latest vehicle. Got to have this, this, and this. Because everybody's looking. And, man, I want to look like I've got it going on. And so you run the rat race, so to speak. And you fall into that trap as well. And then you're just kind of cruising along. And there's another trap. I just saw this one. This could very well be in trap of lying and deceit and it's like you say one thing to your student pastor but you live a different way when nobody's looking you 
say one thing to your parents, but you live a different way when you're around your friends. And you may be an adult, you're lying too. There's some hypocrisy there. And uh, you speak one way at church, a whole different, another way when you're at work. And some of the things you talk about there, you would never whisper here in this building. But you're trapped, you stepped in it. And the reason we miss all these traps is because we try to walk in a dark world without any light whatsoever. So I would ask you this morning, how, how are you seeking to walk? Are you trying to figure this thing out on your own? Or are you allowing the word of God to illuminate every single step? Let me give you the third statement, and this is going to be really quick. But we reap the ability to choose friends wisely. I'm going to have to go fast. Y'all with me say yes? I'm going to come right out here so I can get away from my notes. That way I won't preach too much. Look at verse 113. I hate those who are double-minded. It actually describes those who uh, know the law, but they don't live by it. They know God's word, but they ignore it. So it's half-hearted people. He says, I, know, I, I, I can't stand those people. I love your law. And then he says, You're, you are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. So he describes the Lord himself as a place of safety, a place of security that he gets in and behind. And then he says, depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. The idea here of evildoers are those who don't even have a walk with the Lord. So he's like, depart from me. It means retreat, get away, back up off of me. He's speaking directly to those who are evildoers. And he says, sustain me uh, to your word, according to your word that I may live. And that idea of sustain means that the word of God would lean against you and cause you who may be going in this manner to stand up straight. The word of God leans in to your life. He says, don't let me be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. It's just an awesome picture here of what he's getting at, how he gets in the Lord. And I, can I have that picture for us here this morning as well? So let me see if I can find this. Y'all didn't know this was back here, but let me grab hold of this quickly. The psalmist actually describes the Lord as a shield. Now, when you get into the Word of God, students and adults, it actually gives you the ability to choose friends wisely. When you get into the Lord Jesus, He protects you from the influence of the double-minded, the half-hearted individual for the Lord. He protects you from that. He protects you from the evildoers too. And so when you get into the Word of God, and, and that's the bottom line, just listen, man. Those who are uh, receiving the most influence in a, the life of a student are their friends. Their friends are giving them more influence than their parents, than church, than student pastors. Need wisdom in choosing friends. The same thing for adults. Don't think this is just for the 16-year-old. This is for you too. And so when we get into the Word of God, what we're doing is we're actually hiding behind the Lord Jesus Christ and keeps us open to the fact that there are evildoers that we're not listening to them. They're not influencing us. We're listening to God and His Word. Not trying to pay attention to no Miley Cyrus. Ain't no Lady Gaga getting up in here. Y'all hear what I'm talking about? 
friends in school who are trying to lead you astray. Look, here's the shield. Get in it. Those who are trying to turn your attention away from Jesus Christ, here's your shield. Get in it. Gives you the ability to choose friends wisely. And check out what else this shield does. I'm going to preach a rest from behind this thing. Y'all with me on that? Say yeah. I hide from you people. Y'all listening? I'm just kidding. Nah. That was just a joke. Y'all all right? All right. God bless Look at, look at 117, uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes. Verse 118, you have rejected all those who wander from your statutes for their deceitfulness is useless. So here's the idea, the psalmist is saying, I'm going to hide in you, Lord. I'm going to get in here. And I, why would I be influenced by those who are going to be rejected by you? Staying in Christ, staying here. Then you keep reading. He says, you have removed the wicked of all the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. Y'all see that there? This idea of dross, it's the, the same imagery of a silversmith who would take the silver and place it in the fire to melt away all of the dross, all of the slag, all of the impurities. And here's what the Word of God is saying. God one day is going to turn the heat up on the whole globe. And when he does, he's going to melt away the unbelieving like dross. Let me stay here hiding from the wrath of God. My flesh trembles, 120, for fear of you. I'm afraid of your judgments. What an unbelievable statement that is. I read that and I'm like, why is the psalmist scared? I mean, he knows the Lord, he's walking with the Lord. What, what is the fear factor going on here? And it gives the imagery of the hair standing up on the back of your neck. You ever felt like somebody was out to get you? You're walking in a dark hallway and you just feel like somebody's behind you. It's like they're out there trying to touch you on the back of the head. Sticking it up. This is, this is, this is the same concept, okay? Uh, I remember whenever I was young growing up, like uh, my parents may be angry at my sister. And they would come in ready to lay the law down because she deserved it anyway. Are y'all listening? So here they came. But you ever had this? Your parents were angry at maybe one of your siblings and fixing to pour it out. And you said, man, I better get somewhere. I better hide. That's what I did. He's not afraid because he thinks he's going to receive the wrath of God. He just knows the wrath is so severe that it causes him to tremble. Listen, listen, according to the scripture, the wrath of God is coming upon the globe. He will judge all of the ungodly. He will pour out his divine wrath against all of those who have rejected his son, Jesus Christ. And he will come as an all-consuming fire. And when he comes, the only way you're going to get out of it is if you are hiding in Jesus. You say, well, wait a minute, hiding in Jesus, what is this, what is this talking about? Here, here's the deal. God's wrath over 2,000 years ago, thankfully, was absorbed in his son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. So the wrath that you deserve and I deserve, Jesus took upon his own body. He was buried and resurrected. And when you turn from your sin and place your trust in Jesus, this is what you're doing. You're getting behind this right here. Listen, so that when the wrath of God is poured out, it will miss you. If you don't have this shield, it will get you. 
Some of you are all up in here today, you're listening to some preaching, you're like, well, that's one man's thought about how it's all going to go down. Matter of fact, uh, Levi, I, I think the Lord's loving, and I don't think he'd pour out wrath on anybody. It doesn't matter what you think. Please don't create God in your image. Please don't create a God in your mind that does not have wrath coming, because that is not the God of Scripture. Wrath is coming. And this preacher here is trying to say, get in Christ! Get in Christ! Or you will perish. But aren't you glad he's still gracious today? He's still got the door open, don't he? And some of you high school students, look at me eyeball to eyeball. You've been a disciple now all weekend, fired up for you. Some of you have still been pushing Christ to the side later, later, later. Now you better respond now. If I can use it like the Hebrew author did, today if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. Adults, you in the building today and you don't know Christ, you better get in him. If you hear the voice of the Lord today, do not harden your hearts. Get in Christ. Let's bow. Father, speak to hearts even now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus. Get in Christ. Get behind the shield of his absolute mercy. I'm going to invite you to make that decision today. So if you're here this morning, you can do it just like those in the second service did. About six people prayed to receive the Lord. So right where you are, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you need the Lord, just pray something like this. Just say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. So this morning, I'm turning from my sin and placing my trust in you. I want to get in Christ. I want to be hidden from the wrath that is to come. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for getting him up from the dead. Now help me to live a life unashamed of who you are.